Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glicksman, alongside my tag team partner, Matt Story, and I'm coming to you from an undisclosed outdoor location in the same time zone as Matt. That's right. That's right. Yes, yes. Uh, we're, we're on the same time zone now for a little bit here, so makes it easy for planning and beautiful Arizona. So, Matt, usually we would be recapping the Cal game and previewing the Colorado previewing game. Previewing the Colorado, right, right. Unfortunately, there was no Cal game and there will be no Colorado game. No, no, yeah, it was uh, the news that broke right around the time we finished talking last week, uh, you know, a week ago today, mushroomed into bigger news by the next day and put our program on hold for a bit, I guess. Yeah, it is certainly interesting yeah uh, that we are in this position I, I think as we started the season you and I talked about that's definitely possible and you sure. know, Doug sure. Haller Doug Haller's tweet which you sent me kind of summarized things and I'm going to paraphrase but it turns out we're just treating this as prep for the 2021 season I mean, I think so. After, unfortunately, a, you know, a still bitterly disappointing loss to USC, and now the fact that we're, you know, I mean, mathematically, obviously nothing is out. I don't, did the, you know, I say that. I'm not sure the Pac-12 put in any sort of rules about how many games you had to play to, to make the conference title game. I know the Big Ten did. So if they didn't, and I'll ask you, I mean, are, do you know if they did? I didn't hear of any. I did not hear anything about it. You know, so I mean, if they didn't, I suppose mathematically, obviously at 0-1, we're not out of it. But, uh, you know, given that we lost to USC, given that USC has a fairly smooth road in front of us, or at least it appears they do, um, and given that we don't know when we're going to be back playing, it's it's hard to feel like this season has much on the line. Um, but, you know, yeah, I mean, I kind of agree. Like, we have, we have a chance still to get, you know, three to four more auditions for next year and and you know use it as an extended spring practice basically and uh, you know we, we get to play in stadiums against real opponents and uh, you know see what happens but is there much to be gained probably not but you know it, it can't hurt for down the road you hope at least well you get to complete a you know sort of a live bullets version of the offensive and defensive install Exactly, exactly, yeah, yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, we talked about it, especially on offense, very young team, you know, very, uh, you know, you'd expect the core of this offense to be back pretty much in place next year, you got a sophomore quarterback, you got true freshman running backs, you got true freshman and, and sophomore receivers for the most part, um, and, you know, the, the skill guys at least should be mostly back next year, so, you know, yeah, this is a chance for them to get their, you know, chemistry together, hopefully, in, you know, December, these games in December. Maybe we'll, hopefully we'll get the one against, what, Utah is supposed to be our next scheduled game, right? Thanksgiving yeah. weekend. Um, you know, they've had their own troubles, although they're on track to play this week, I guess. Um, so we'll see, you know, but um, it's disappointing, but it's not surprising. I mean, we all knew this was potentially going to happen to any team, and, Unfortunately, it came to find us, uh, just like it's now in Florida and LSU and Maryland. And, you know, I mean, a lot of programs have been affected by it. They've had to cancel games, postpone games. We don't have the flexibility to postpone. So here we are. We, you know, we're looking at a four-game regular season at most. Yeah. 
And I do think that it's a point well taken that it was going to get somewhere. I, I want to touch base on the broader way the Pac-12s handled this, which is they are now allowing non-conference games to be scheduled uh, with the caveat that if they can find you a different conference opponent by Thursday, you have to cancel your non-conference game. If you play the yeah. conference game, it has to be on a Pac-12 affiliated network, and it right. has to be played at the Pac-12 team stadium. <laughs> yeah. So if yeah, you were yeah. wondering whether the interest in this was monetarily based at all, I think the jury's out on that. The, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I'm disappointed in a way that Colorado State, Colorado couldn't make it work for this week. Because Colorado State had their game canceled by UNLV. Colorado obviously was supposed to play us, and that would have been a cool thing to see that in-state rivalry get played. Um, but apparently it's not going to. Uh, you know, maybe too late to, to make it happen, I guess. But, um, you know, I mean, hey, for us, look, we could come back and our opponent might not be able to play. And so, you know, if there's a chance to maybe get another game in against somebody, um, you know, it may not matter to us, but it may. And like we talked about, you know, this, this 2020 season now feels like a, an extended practice run. And so, you know, if, if um, you know, Utah or UCLA or Arizona, for whatever reason, can't play us, but we could play, hopefully we can get a game with somebody. I don't know who it would be, but, you know. BYU's it, it on a week-to-week basis. So. They are, they are. And we were supposed to play them this year. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I've thought about that. Um, obviously, they'd love to play anybody of, of consequence to try to raise their profile because they don't have much left. They only have two, two scheduled games left, and one of them is North Alabama, which is not going to do anything to raise their strength of schedule. Uh, so, you know, yeah, I mean, that, that certainly should be on our radar. If they want to come down here, let's do it. Yeah, uh, I am seeing one other piece of football news breaking that uh, Nolan Matthews, the tight end, announced that he's going to enter the transfer portal. Just saw that. Yeah, that's kind of disappointing only because he's one of those guys who, what, I don't know how long he's been here. He lose track, but it's always been a name that's like, eh, watch out for this guy. He could be something. And obviously now that, that ship has officially sailed. Well, and with the offense that he'll put together, we heard there was going to be an, right. an extra emphasis on the tight end, and he tight was end. supposed to be that guy. Yeah, I guess I that the grad transfer from UMass is is still here. So right, and Hodges, Hodges got you know it seemed like not. I mean, I don't know the snap count, but from the USC game, it seemed like Hodges was the lead player at tight end. I'm not sure they had any catches. Um, uh, Hodges, I think, had a catch on that last drive, but I think it was the one that was reversed out when they went back and reviewed the pre- previous play. Yes, I, I think that is correct. Now, so the fact he was in there on that last drive tells you that he's probably was the main guy. Um, I don't know, quite honestly, if Matthews played at all against USC. I, I not that I remember. And that doesn't mean he wasn't in there, but I never heard his name. Yeah. Uh, even though there isn't ASU football games to talk about, there is still plenty of other sports to talk about starting with ASU basketball. Yeah, uh, which is starting in six days. Does that feel like it's sneaking up on you? Because it kind of does to me. Uh, yes, very much so. In, uh, <laughs> in Uncasville, Connecticut at the Mohegan Sun, ASU's taking on a uh, top three Baylor team yeah, with the potential yeah. of taking on another top three Villanova team the next night. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for it. It's, it's weird because, you know, normally – normal calendar we would have already started the basketball season last week probably um 
but yeah, I mean, I think because everything else is so strange, the NBA draft was last night. Uh, obviously, our football season started late. It's uh, sneaking up on me that we're about to actually play basketball games here in less than a week. Uh, ASU did put out its schedule. The, it is a, a much abbreviated non-conference, but yeah. it's uh, this tournament with Baylor and then the similar finisher of BC Villanova. So if we win and BC wins, right. we play BC. Uh, then we return home for Houston Baptist. Um followed by our conference not-reciprocal game at Cal. Right, right. A week later, we host San Diego State. Then we play at Grand Canyon, which effectively is a neutral site game. Crosstown, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then we get Utah at home in our final matchup of the 2020 portion of the schedule. Yeah, yeah. And then 18 more conference games after that, I guess from, uh, you know, January to March. Is that it for non-conference? I mean, I know you couldn't schedule many. I think that would be it, as I'm counting them. That gives us five non-conference games. Yep. And maybe maybe we get, I think you can schedule out up to seven, I think is what I heard. Well, and we, so, do, I mean, have, I, we do have space after that Utah game, if we wanted to play after, you know, like Christmas weekend. We right, could get there another. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and even... You know, now I know it's theoretically finals week, although I don't I don't know what the calendar looks like for this year with ASU, but between Grand Canyon and Utah, you got, what, nine days. So you could potentially find an opponent somewhere in there, too, I would think. But it depends on other teams, I guess. Yeah. I, I'm excited about this. The other big basketball news was we're going to go with the, the one-site March Madness. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be interesting. Um, you know, uh, Indy's a good place to do it, but I, I still don't know if you can do it all in Indy. I mean, you know, could could you use some of the local areas around there? I mean, if you um, could loop all the way to Chicago, between those two, oh, for sure, you'd you go that far. The Agreed. Chicago school gyms, uh, you'd get. Purdue, Indiana, Northwestern. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you figure what? The first round usually is eight sites, first and second round. And so in order to schedule it the same way, you've got to have eight arenas. Now, if you work with the NBA, you could you could use the Pacers arena for some. Um, you know, you obviously you got Lucas Oil for one site. You could play three rounds there. Well, and you uh, could I would do, assume that's your final four site still. But well, and you could do it on four sites instead of eight because you could use the site every day. That's true. You could play that. Yeah, you're right. That's a good call. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so if you had, you know, if you got those two potentially, I mean, you could those two could be your regionals and final four right there with mm-hmm. the Pacers Arena, whatever it's called now, and and then Lucas Oil. Um, and then, you know, you got Butler right there in town. It'd be kind of cool, honestly, a rare sort of thing to have an NCAA tournament at Hinkle. You wouldn't see that in normal circumstances. That'd be kind of a cool thing to have happen. Yeah. Yeah. And then pick a random high school gym. Yeah, you do. I mean, you do have, you know, I probably, I mean, I don't know for sure, but knowing how big high school basketball is in Indiana, it's probably like, you know, high school football in Texas. You probably got some nice places. I got some places that are high end, you know, you're not going into some, you know, deserted warehouse or something like that. So, yeah, I mean, if you got a couple of places that you could put TV cameras in, uh, you know, now I don't know what their plan is. I mean, I, I don't know that they've got a plan yet in terms of fan attendance. 
if they intend to have fan attendance, then that changes the places you can go. Yeah. And maybe they're waiting on that a bit. But there, you know, certainly Indiana is, you know, I mean, if you think of a basketball mad area, that's it. There's plenty of options there. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, different, but you know, the the main objective of college basketball this year has got to be to have that tournament happen. They cannot afford a second straight year where that tournament doesn't happen. And and I think everything is pressed forward to that. So it made sense to go ahead and make that move now and you know, kind of just uh, secure that destination probably as soon as possible. Yeah, what well, also lets you do the necessary booking of hotel rooms right. or dorms, something. Exactly, you know. practice sites, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, there's there's a lot that goes into it. And, um, you know, I know, you know, Krzyzewski, I think, said today, you know, it it's, could be, you know, madness and how to put it all together. Uh, it probably is going to be, but, um, but you, you know, got four months. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, and, you know, again, the, the number one objective has got to be to have that tournament, put that tournament on TV. I mean, fan attendance, I'm sure they'd love it, but you know, outside of certain times, you know, a lot of times the, the tournament is more of a TV product. It, you know, it, it definitely is. Um, you, you know, you watch a lot of those games and, and there's a lot of patches of empty seats, but they don't care because it's a huge TV product, and they gotta they gotta get that thing on air in March. Yeah, for for everyone, CBS, TNT. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, look, it, it was it was really, you know, the biggest missed event of this year. A lot of things moved around. Um, you know, you could, as as someone who follows more than niche sports, not having a British Open in golf, not having Wimbledon in tennis, those are huge, but. In terms of, of American sports events, I don't think there's much argument that the basketball tournament not happening was the biggest thing we completely missed, and you know they they got to make it happen this year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's going to be interesting to to focus back in on ASU. We're finally going to get to see the hype and how Bobby Hurley is going to play with the three guards. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm very excited. Now, I think we should probably temper our expectation a little coming out the gate, especially with the opponent we're playing and potentially first two opponents. Um, you know, we're playing very good teams and teams that were really good last year. And, you know, I, like, it, it could be a weekend that's sort of like, eh, okay, you know, but look, this is about getting this team ready to go by March. I don't, I don't, I mean, I'd love to see them come out and go 2-0 in this tournament, but that doesn't hang any banners for us or anything like that. So, I mean, I, you know, like, to me, this is a good test, and, and you may not pass the test, but you get more tests down the road. Yeah, well, the other thing is this will give you a possible look at how an NCAA tournament run could go. Sure, you got to sure. play two games back-to-back in a foreign city yeah. in a, in a yeah. bubble environment, frankly. Um, agreed. Agreed. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, I, I am I'm very excited to see what this team does. And yet I'm, I'm I mean, I'm saying it to myself as much as you and much as anybody that like, you know, I don't I don't intend to get down on things if things don't go well right out of the gate, because in all honesty, they're probably not going to. I mean, I, and I shouldn't say probably, but I mean, if Baylor and Villanova Baylor is our opponent, we know for sure. If they're as good as advertised, 
it's a big ask to think that this team's going to go in and beat them. Could happen, but, you know, not overly likely. Yeah, very, it's a very steep road. But, yeah, yeah. But what I'm, what I'm hoping is that we will acquit ourselves well. That's um, it. That's it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Now, if you know things play out according to the favorites, I guess you'd think that we would not end up playing Villanova. That you know, if we lose game one, we'll get BC. We end up playing Boston College, who I don't think is very good. I mean, I, I, admittedly, I haven't read a lot of preseason expectations for other conferences, but they weren't very good the last few years. Um, so, well, you know, and they're unranked. We can, we're a top twenty team, right? So we should we should be you know hopefully. I mean, I guess you never know. If BC beats Villanova and then we get Villanova, you know, I mean that could happen. It's it's early. I mean it's it's the earliest. Um, so weird things happen early in the year. Teams lose to teams that you think, how did that happen? You know, and by the end of the year, it seems even more hard to figure out. So we'll see. But, yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I'm excited to see how these guys play. I'm excited to see Josh Christopher and Marcus Bagley. I mean, we've heard a lot about them for months and months and months. And um, and it's going to be exciting to see them actually take the court in an ASU uniform and see just how good they are. Well, and, and Sun Devil Athletics has, has made both of them available for media this week, which has been yeah. nice because it, it was – that to me was the reminder of, oh, yeah, we're about right. to start. Like, right. they, we're going right. to find out all about these guys now. Yes, yes. I mean, yeah, this, the, I mean, Christopher, I think, more so than Bagley, has been, you know, a, a legend in our minds now since he committed. And even before he committed. Like, oh, can we get this kid? Oh, my gosh. And then we got him. And, oh, my God, he's going to be so good. And, I mean, it's, it's going to be fun to actually see him play. And, and hopefully he'll live up to the expectations that – that we don't know, but that's that's the beauty of it is, you know, we're about to find out. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm very excited. This is I'm I'm at a level sort of like going to Kansas. That the Kansas game. Yes. When it where it's yes. like look, we're gonna find out. We might not win, but we're gonna find out a lot. Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed, and obviously that one went well for us. Hopefully, you know, hopefully we get the same type of results from that, um, you know. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just anxious to see this team play, and you know, I read the thing I don't know, two or three weeks ago that Haller did the interview with uh, the assistant coach Berno, and he and he said, you know, what I'm repeating, which is, you know, it's it's about getting this team at its top form in March, not necessarily November. You know, we're we're gonna grow and. And, you know, learn to play together. And, you know, there's likely to be some bumps because every team goes through some bumps. But, um, you know, I'm anxious to get it started. And looking ahead, I'm, I'm anxious to see where this team is at by March. And hopefully, maybe, just maybe April. Who knows? Dream big, right? Yeah. Hey, I, look, this is – there is no overhype this year. I, I, there's a difference between hype and expectations. I don't expect them to win it all, right? But if you if you said ASU's in your twenty teams that could win it all, I I agree. I agree. I agree. And, and I mean, it's the things we talked about last week. It's the it's the recipe that you just don't get that often in college basketball, where you've got talented, really talented young guys and very good, experienced guys 
that's a mix that you don't have a lot. I mean, we've been through a lot of years where it's like, well, we've got experienced guys, but they're maybe not that good, and we don't have a lot of young talent, or the vice versa. Well, we're very young. We don't have much experience. It's all new. I mean, this is a, this is a good match, on paper at least, of, of both worlds. Well, and it's it's one shot. It's not like football where we had this year, but oh, we, yeah. we knew we had next year. This is one shot because Martin and like Verge, it. you know, they're gone for sure. They're I mean, gone. It doesn't matter, you, you know, right. whether Christopher right. leaves or not, you know Martin and Verge are gone. Right, right. Um, and Christopher is almost certain to leave. I mean, you know, like it's, uh, I guess you never know, but, you know, the draft the last few years tells us that even a guy who goes like, and I hope this doesn't happen, but let's say he has just a mediocre season. Nothing a special. He's still probably going. Yes, yes, and he went. Great example. I mean, perfect example, yeah. Mediocre college season, nothing special. He still went pro yeah. with no first-round guarantees and didn't go first round. But, you know, that's what happened. So, and especially listening to what that kid's dad has said, you know, he, this is a one-year way station for him. Uh, you know, he is, he is not going to let any grass grow beneath his feet at ASU, uh, you know, and that's okay. Look, well, you got to play his, the game. And in his interview, it basically was the same thing. It's like, look, I knew I had one year before I went pro, and the choice right. was, do I spend right. that year going pro right. or playing with my brother? And I chose to play with my brother. Exactly, so. exactly. You know, so, I mean, that's okay. Look, that is that is the game when you, if you are going to recruit with the big boys, that is the, the deal you sign is you're going to get these kids and they're going to be there for, you know, roughly four months in your uniform. And then they're out the door. And that's just the way it is. And, and you know, the, the hope, I think, for us is, and we've, you know, joked about it in text, but that, you know, this goes so well that then you can recruit another kid or two like him next year and the year after. And, you know, I mean, I don't expect us to ever become Kentucky where we're getting, you know, four, four and five stars every year. Um, but you know, uh, one or two on a consistent basis, I think that's gotta be the hope. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the experiment, unfortunately is only as good as the last guy. Harden, right. Harden got us Keala King. Keala King did yeah. not net us anyone. No. And, no. and so now you fast forward and we build with Cherry and Lawrence and Martin mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. now we've got Bagley and Christopher. Exactly, yeah. And if it doesn't work, it's going to be like what happened with Keala King. We're just going to be back to square one. Back to square one, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's why this year feels like the perfect storm because you've got Remy Martin, who's a four-year guy. He's been a key player for us for three years, two years as a full-time starting point guard. You've got Verge, who was big for us last year. You've got Cherry and Lawrence, who've been around two and three years, respectively. Uh, you know, you got plenty of experience. And then you got these two true freshmen who are four- and five-star kids who are supposed to be going on to the NBA probably in one or two years at most. For, I mean, maybe Bagley is, a, is not a one-year guy, but if he's up to the hype, he probably is too. You don't get that that often at Arizona State. You just don't. You don't get it that often in a lot of places where you feel like we've got veterans and freshmen that are both talented that can combine to give us a really good team. Like, you gotta, you got to seize the day when you get that because there's no guarantee you're going to have it again anytime soon. And, and you know, we, we're also reaching a point here 
with Bobby Hurley, not that ASU would want to run him, but that he he's making moves and he's showing sure. some things where, you know, the fear from the moment we got him was, well, if he ever puts it together, he'll leave. Right, right. Well, this is the year to put it together. It is. You know? It is, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is year five, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so he's been established. Everybody on this roster was brought in by him. Not, not a single guy that, that is playing for this team was, you know, was a holdover. Um, you know, everybody agreed to come play for Bobby Hurley for ASU. And so, yeah, it's, it's kind of a year of no excuses, or at least it seems that way. No, we don't know. We don't know how this is going to play out. There's injuries, there's academics, and obviously there's this cloud over everything that we're not used to, of, you know, COVID tests and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, and, you know, who knows? I don't, I don't want to say, like, there's zero excuses this year and put up or shut up. I mean, we don't know how the season's going to play out. But it feels like this should be a year of no excuses. Well, to me, the, the only other question I have, and so far everyone's saying the right things, and you haven't really seen it anywhere else, but are, are you going to see guys who are one and done doing the college basketball equivalent of Ed Oliver and saying, yeah. I've done enough. I've put enough on, on film for you. Uh, I mean, you know, I agree. Or, or, you know, I mean, to, to not even cross sports and to think of a guy we saw last night. Now, his situation was weird, but James Wiseman. Yeah. You know, if, if things go off track. Now, if things start good, I don't think you'll see that. But you're seeing it in football. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm sure you've heard it. I know, you know, the, the programs that are not playing well this year, they're having guys opt out in bunches as the season's going along. Because it's like, oh, what am I doing here? Yeah, you know, I mean, and I don't blame them. You know, South Carolina, they fired Muschamp, and then a few days later, they have their starting corners lead, and, you know, and so that, yeah, that has to be the fear that if things go off track in, you know, late December or January, could you foresee a scenario, and I don't just, not just Josh Christopher, but any of these type of guys that say, what am I really doing here? I'm just going to sit this one out, and I'm going to get ready for the draft, and July, I guess, is when it's going to be next year. Um, you know, yeah, and and that's on the radar, I think. Yeah. Well, you actually brought up you know next year's draft, which is a nice segue into both this year's draft and the NBA's divided schedule release. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's let's start with the divided schedule release. I think it's brilliant. I love it for this year. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I I don't want it to be all the time. Um, but yeah, I mean, for this year when there's a question about if you could go to games anyway or whatever, you know, and, and I, I think it's a smart idea. Sure. Well, and also they did something that no league thought to do. I'm looking specifically at baseball because of their screw up at the outset of this, but they built in the idea that, Hey, games are going to get canceled. Yeah. Let's let's give ourselves some flexibility and say, look, we're gonna schedule the first up. thirty or twenty two or whatever. Yeah. And then we'll schedule the next fifty, but with enough lead time that no one's playing five games in seven nights. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I I like it. I mean, I, you know, with with attendance being hit or miss this year. I mean, I read you know Sham said they expect five to ten teams out the gate to be able to host fans. Um, you know, and and. Who knows? Uh, you know, I mean, we'll see where it goes from there. Obviously, by the end of the season, hopefully things will look brighter. Um, you know, but I think 
good idea and, and smart, you know, to, to do just that. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, in case you were wondering, just because we, we moved broadcasting locations does not mean that we are without dog interference. No, no, no. Sounds just like you're in the same place. My, my mom asked, she's like, well, what will happen if the dogs bark? I'll be like, clearly you don't listen. Right, exactly, yeah. We'll just keep going. We'll, we'll discuss it and we'll just move on. Yeah. But I, I just think, much like how they've handled everything else, the NBA has been the shining example of, of being thoughtful about the situation, handling your business well, and being yeah. flexible in light of what's going on. Yeah, agreed. Agreed, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's... Uh, it's interesting. I was listening. Mark Stein was on Dan Patrick this morning, and I listened to a little bit. And you know, he said, you know, that in the in the bubble, the talk was, you know, season's going to start February, maybe even March, and then it became December. And I mean, I personally, I I think it's a good idea. Try to get back on track. You can start next season on time. All that. Maybe get guys in the Olympics. You know, any any of this good stuff. But I also do wonder. I mean, in spite of, I agree with you. The NBA has handled things well. Uh, the you know did the did the ratings scare them because the ratings were really bad and and did the ratings in September and October scare them into thinking we got to get out of this cycle right now we got you know we're not doing this again one time one more time did the networks come to them and say get started by Christmas or else yeah and that I mean that's entirely possible I mean it feels that way you know and, and I'm not saying they're wrong. You know, but I, I just think I think there was sort of a quasi interested feeling in like, oh, maybe this could work for it. Not going into October, but you know, maybe a, a December to August sort of thing. Um, and I wonder if they got scared off because it was not good. And I'm not sure they should have gotten scared off. I think a lot of weird things happened with sports ratings this year that I think you should just basically take everything and throw it in the garbage um, with how everything was. But I. I I do wonder if that scared them from ever even thinking about doing that, or at least in any time in the near future. I mean, that's definitely possible. I, I think some of it, frankly, being an election year with all of the ads oh, yeah. and the inundation with stuff, that some people just turned off their TVs, I think. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, that's why I say I think this year is a wash. You had things at weird times. You had people watching cable news much more than they might normally. Mm -hmm. um, and you had people maybe just tuning out TV altogether. Uh, you know, I just, I don't think you can draw any conclusions from anything about sports ratings this year. You know, you know so, I mean, let's, let's just call it what it is. Like you have people who, you know, they're, they're schooling their kids at home. They may not be working. They don't, they may not have as much time to think, I'm going to sit and watch an NBA game, Yeah. you know, and, and, or a football game or a golf tournament or whatever. Yeah. And and so I just think you got to kind of chalk it up as a fluke this year. But I do wonder if the the networks. I mean, they're coming up on a new deal, and they're relying on that new deal to provide them a chunk of change. And I do think the network said, "Get on the air by Christmas." And Christmas is going to be a big day for the NBA. They need to cash in on that. They need to have their best opponents, their best matchups, uh, because if the Christmas ratings are bad. They're gonna, there's worry going to start. I'm not saying the league's going to shut down, but, you know, the stress will maximize. Yeah. I mean, the league's not going to shut down. I, 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 I'm not sounding that alarm, but but uh, the, the return on the TV deal they're expecting, if the Christmas ratings are bad, that 
be a bad sign for them. Yeah, if, if the Christmas ratings are bad, I agree. That's uh, that's we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I you know I you know I love basketball, and I, I'm going to watch the NBA and you know, but uh, the numbers were stark in how bad they were. Now they were bad for a lot of things. They're bad for the NHL. They're bad for the Masters. You know, and so that's why I say like I don't really put a lot of stock into it. But if by Christmas, and, and granted, we're not over this or anything. I'm not saying we are. But that's a traditional NBA day. You can't say, well, it's yeah, we're competing against football. No, Christmas is always the NBA's day. And and so we can't use that excuse if it happens. Yeah. I, I'm curious to see how it turns out. I am too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, it's it's a it's a fascinating time. Not all for good reasons, but you know, for all sports, it's it's interesting. Where are things going? Uh, will we see long term changes with things, or will things just all regress back to what they were? And I don't know. Um, you know, some of it some of it makes me nervous. To be honest, as a sports fan, there's things that I think, boy, I hope that doesn't last. Um, and some of it's exciting. Like uh, let's keep doing it that way. Uh, you know, but we'll we'll see where it goes. Uh, staying on the NBA, the draft is coming dawn, and the Rockets' starting backcourt's the same as it was before. It's hard still to there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, you know, uh, boy, the, the Harden narrative sure changed in the last seven days or thereabouts. It was, you know, he's committed to Houston. To he wants out, and he wants to go to Brooklyn. Like, wow, wow, that that escalated quickly in the words of Ron Burgundy. Yeah, man, when you go to California and work out with Kyrie, you never know what's going to happen. I guess, I guess, man. I got to tell you, the idea of him and Durant and Kyrie does not sound good to me. I mean, I just, especially him and Kyrie, like, oh, I don't I don't love it. I mean, if it works, it works, but the odds of it working just seem so low. Well, somebody made this point, and I thought it was a, a good one. There aren't that many teams. I think it was Brian Windhorst said this. There aren't that many teams where James Harden can play this style of basketball that he's grown accustomed to with the Rockets. Right. And right. certainly playing in the same backcourt as Kyrie won't be that. And obviously nope. Harden will get his touches and he'll get his opportunities to, to bring the ball up the court. The question is, what does it look like when he's not the guy bringing the ball up the court? Right, you know? right, right. Yeah, I, and that's a good point. I mean, can he... Can he revert back to the type of player, maybe not, you know, the minutes, but the type of player he was in Oklahoma City, where he wasn't the focal point, but he was still a very important player to that team. And well, it's been, these, what, eight years now, you know, so. None of these guys are Chris Bosh, and that's a concern. True, you true, know? yeah, yeah. I mean, it sounds good. I think, you know, I think it's one of those things we've seen it, you know. Uh, you know, these guys want to play together, I mean. And, and then you start getting into the night in, night out, who's going to handle the ball. I mean, Harden and Westbrook, great example. You know, like, oh, they're best friends. They, they get along great. They're so anxious to do this. And it just didn't work great. Worked okay. It wasn't a disaster. But, you know, it, it didn't work great. And the coach is gone and the GM is gone. And now they both want out too. Yeah. Well, and when you – it's funny because when you think about it, you have all these and then it's not – Phil Jackson, Zen master of managing egos. Right. It's right. Steve Nash. Exactly. New exactly. Coach, Who's never, never done it. Yeah. 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 I mean, it just seems like, like it's one of those things that you know it could work out amazing. 
you could have three of the top ten players in the league, and you could just steamroll your way to a championship. But the odds of that seem really low. It seems much more likely to go south with personality conflicts and coaches getting fired or getting usurped. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, look, we know Durant is a drama queen. That, that's well-established. Great player, but he loves him some drama. He, you know, he's very easily offended. Kyrie Irving brings new meaning to the words drama queen. And James Harden has a little bit of that, too. So you put those three guys together, and I just I don't know, man. I mean, if it works, it's going to be spectacular. But that if it works feels like a huge if. Yeah, I, and if you're the Nets, what's it going to take? You know, you, you don't have much flexibility. And no, you, you really don't. Yeah. 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 And, and you have to fill out the rest of that roster with someone. Like, there right. have to be nine other guys playing other on that Other guys, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I mean, you know, like, we get caught up in that, like, you know, LeBron and Anthony Davis. And certainly the Lakers don't win the title without LeBron and Anthony Davis. But they also got big contributions from Caldwell Pope and Danny Green and Rajon Rondo. And, and, you know, you, you need those guys. You know, two guys, three guys, they don't win the championship on their own. With the Heat big three, they had, you know, Shane Battier and Mike Miller and Ray Mario Allen. Chalmers and Ray Allen joined them. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, you have to have other guys that, that can make plays and make shots. And, you know, I mean, because those superstars, they're going to carry the low, but you know, they're not playing 48 minutes a game. Um, and, and even if they do, which they're not, that's only three guys or two guys. You know, you have to have other guys who are competent. So, yeah, I mean, I, look, it's it's interesting. I, I hope, in a way, that Harden does get traded out of Houston because I feel like Houston is, you know, like if, you, if you're doing the whole, like, trajectory or teams on the rise, on the down, their arrow is pointed down. Um, you know, there's some questions about the ownership. There's, you know, they, they got rid of Maury, who kept them competitive. Say what you want about him, but he never he never did a rebuild. Every, you know, it, it was, was always, always on hey, the fly. Can we be competitive? Yeah, yeah. And and he was willing to go make the move to, to do that. And he's gone now. And so, uh, you know, it seems like things are, you know, if you do that, you take the eight playoff teams that made it from the West and you say who's most likely not to make it next year, I mean, Houston seems like the shoe-in candidate, um, you know, for that, if you're going to pick one. And and so I, I hope he can get out. I I would rather it not be Brooklyn. Philly intrigues me. I know it does you too. Um, Boston does as well, though, the, the, you know, the ship may have sailed on that with the, the draft coming and going. I don't know if they got enough to do it. Um, but, you know, I, I would like to see him get another shot and have a chance to win a championship, because I don't think it's going to happen in Houston. Yeah, I agree. And he's, you know, he's 31. So, so he's, still plenty of years left. Yeah. You know, it's it's not over, but it's, but, but the, you know, the clock is ticking a bit. Um, you know, and, and uh, I don't know what you, I mean, I'll throw this comparison out, because I was thinking of it today as they were talking about Westbrook this morning. Does Westbrook kind of feel like this generation's Allen Iverson? He's an unbelievable talent, spectacular, explosive. You can't wait to watch him. But is he ever going to win anything? Not sure. Yeah. And it, and it feels like teams are starting to figure that out. Because who are the teams that are interested in him? Charlotte, the Knicks, those are not championship contending teams. Those are teams that, you know, eh, if they get him, they can make the playoffs. But 
it doesn't it doesn't feel like anybody is lining up to say Westbrook is the missing piece to winning a championship. No, well, and when you see Phoenix go and get Chris Paul, yeah, you realize like what. First of all, let's give Sam Presti a, a lot of credit. He he turned Westbrook Boy. into a, a yeah. boatload of picks. <laughs> yeah, some young players. Yeah. He's flipping Ubre. It looks like to the Warriors now. To the Warriors, right? Right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, he, and he's loading up on draft picks. Mm-hmm. They are they are gonna do, be able to do whatever they want in the draft for the next five or six years. So, yeah, I mean they've they've managed to to go on the fly and. I don't know that that I mean I did hear the comparison. Uh, uh, no one has said it, but it just to me it felt sort of similar with Westbrook that you know their original team with Iverson it was Philly, with Westbrook it was OKC. They had a great run. They each got to one finals, didn't win a title. They won MVPs, um, and, then, and right. And then when their when their first team gave up on them, now they they quickly became a vagabond. Iverson did. And it kind of feels like that's where things are headed with Westbrook, that he's going to end up playing for, you know, four more teams in six years and probably scoring a lot more points, but not really ever making any noise again toward winning a title. Because his, I mean, his style is like, is one that like, he doesn't make anybody else better. He's good. He's He's great. But his style is give me the ball, get out of the way. And, and that's great, but it doesn't make anybody else better around you. Yeah, I mean, he's, it's interesting compared to Iverson because he's got a lot of money coming to him. Sure, and the sure. Qu- and the question is going to be, well, who's willing to take it on or is he willing to let it go? You yeah, know? true, true. Would he, well, I mean, yeah. Would yeah he, does would he, he want to win a title? Is he willing to say, you know, I'll play, you know, I, I don't think he would ever do this, but. Let's say they they send Harden to the Nets. Would he say, "Look, buy me out. I want to go to Brooklyn and play for the minimum, and, it, right. and I'll back up Kyrie and Harden. I'll I'll leave yeah. the second team and play twenty minutes because I want to win a ring, and I think that that team would win a ring." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and and that that I guess is is the question is can he similar to what we said about Harden, but I I feel like even more so with Westbrook, can he be? a complimentary guy or does he have to be the guy because Iverson left Philly and he went to Denver and it was, you know, well, he's going to be paired with Carmelo and look out. And it did not work at all. Just didn't, didn't work great. He put up some numbers. They got to the playoffs, but they never matched. And then he ended up, you know, I'm looking at it two years, in Denver, one year in Detroit, half a season with Memphis, one year with Philly. And that was it. And that just feels like where things are headed for Westbrook. He'll bounce around, He'll make he'll make a lot more money. He'll put up numbers, and then that'll be that. And we'll think, boy, that guy was a supernova in talent, but he just never found the right recipe to win. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. Mean, it's funny because for all, if there was a way for the NBA to monetize this, what we're doing now, this is yeah. where the NBA is at its best. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yes, yes. The the off season. Which is coming at a weird time, and it's coming very fast. Uh, you know, it's uh, like the offseason is going to last six weeks. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I read yesterday that the guy from SC USC on Gongku or something. I don't know how it's pronounced. I read a story about you know he has a fractured toe, and my initial reaction was to think no big deal. You know, it's the draft. And then I'm thinking, well, actually, it is a big deal because they play in a month. 
not used to that. Usually the draft, and they're like, well, he's got four months to heal. We'll be fine. But, yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's uh, it's a quick turnaround for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's going to be interesting. I think. It is. It yeah. is, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, hey, it'll, be, it'll be interesting for a lot of reasons. It'll be interesting to see how they do the scheduling. Uh, you know, it's, I think, gonna, like you said, with the divided schedule and there, there's some talk of doing, you know, series type of things, almost like baseball, where you play a team, you know, maybe twice in a row or something like that, rather than doing travel. Uh, so, I mean, it'll, it'll very much probably be a season unlike any other, to, to paraphrase the Masters. Um, but, you know, hey, it, it'll be fun to see how it goes. Yeah. Um, is there anything else? Is that it? I, I, that's all I had. Yeah, I mean, you know, I... We've covered I, uh, a lot. We have. We have covered a lot, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're coming down the stretch now of college football. Feels weird, but we're, we're coming down the stretch, even though ASU's only played one game. Um, NFL's been to its back half. I mean, probably soon we need, to, we need to have some discussions about the playoffs and all that, but we can, we can save that for a week or two. Yeah, hey, look, there's... Plenty more to do, and, and frankly, I was a little worried. This is not as long as some of our other ones, but you know what? It's free content, and no one's listening anyway. So that's right. That's so right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I, I think we we covered some ground, and there's always more ground to cover. Yeah. Until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. <laughs>